How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going, man? Hello, Andy, my good friend. It is fine, man. Uh-huh. How are you? That means a lot, dude. Thank you. How are you doing? You know, I am just fine. I am just fine. Staying safe, uh, trying to stay busy, uh, working on a feature about uh, the new nemesis of the Dodgers, Jake Cronenworth. You know, other than that, hanging in there. Sounds good, man. Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, huh? yeah, man. He's on the Padres. Cool. I'm excited to read it. What have your takeaways been from the first three games of this four-game set with the dads? The Friars are a good club. They got some talent. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be good. I like what they've got going on over there. They keep calling up kids who, who throw hard. It's a talented setup. It, they got a lot better over the, since last season. Um, I still think the Dodgers are going to be better. You can tell, you know, Dave Roberts gave, I think, on Wednesday afternoon, the most frustrated press conference I've seen him give since maybe the 2018, like May of 2018. Maybe that. Interesting. When was like the low point of that when they like lost three or, f- or four in a row at home to the I Reds? I think it was the Marlins. I th- no, I thought it was the Marlins was the low point. In Miami? And then Maeda like got them out of it? I wasn't on, I wasn't in Miami, but I remember, do you remember that like they got swept by the bad Red squad at home? Yes. Yes. And I remember like after that he was, he had the ass and I would say <laughs> it was, it was similar to yesterday. In that um, there's just, you know, and they were 11 and 7 at the time. I bring that up because I think there's a little bit of pressure felt that this is a somewhat big series. And everyone is dealing with how to handle this new short season in that people are so used to having the comfort of a large sample to balance out talent and whatnot, and the Dodgers especially are. But in this case, they they don't have that benefit anymore. They don't have the, um, the upside of it. And I think I maybe underestimated how that was going to change the calculus of everything and, and how that was going to change the psychology of performing in this season. That managers, hitters, coaches were going to have to deal with the reality that their sample sizes are just being cut in thirds. And so everything is much, much larger. And um, all that said, I think the Dodgers are still going to win the division, but I think the Padres are going to be there in October. What seemed to upset Dave at the press conference the other day? It was one of those things where you realized throughout the 10 minute session that he had arrived upset but 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 um, <laughs> yeah. there wasn't much um, laughter or joy you know he's a very positive smiling man yes yeah very upbeat a uh, very upbeat yeah one man. of the most upbeat yeah. people you'll ever be around it was more that there was zero smiles there was nothing and at some point a reporter remarked like that Dave did not seem too excited and Dave said I like good questions so whoa yeah <laughs> jeez hey, you know you're kind of throwing it back at you like yeah. this is your fault yeah it wasn't a, it was by no means inflammatory or anything like that and, and no, for, no, no, no. you know compared to like a mike sosa press conference it would be in like the 90th percentile of friendliness yeah um for him but uh <laughs> but for dave it was like in the fifth all that to say i think yeah this is a this is a somewhat tense environment you know as we can understand it's tense just in the trying to keep everyone's safe sense too and like i think it's probably difficult for the folks who are in these positions of like, you know, power, like managers and GMs to sort of like bake that into the equation of how much anxiety and frustration and nervousness they're feeling on a day-to-day basis, I guess, with that, you know? I think managers' jobs in general are, are more difficult than the public gives them credit for and that, you know, they get criticized based on only one portion of what their job description calls for, but there's a lot more. And I think this year is, you know, that's exacerbated that. It's, it's not a job I would ever want to do right now. Former podcast guest Ross Stripling 
has a podcast of his own. It's called The Big Swing, and he had Joe Kelly on this week. And Joe Kelly may have caused a bit of a stir, eh, Pedro? Yeah, he sure did, huh? Stripling mentioned this. Uh, they recorded it a while back. They had been eagerly awaiting the decision, the appeal decision to release the podcast, which is perfect, because they thought that Kelly was a bit inflammatory towards the league, which I think you could say. He did not necessarily like say anything that, that demeaned his appeal case, right? He, he, he has continued to maintain his innocence, that he threw a ball for in, in the case that earned him a suspension. But I think he added context to why the Dodgers and so many are still so upset about the Astros situation. He said that Carlos Correa spat toward the Dodgers during the um, during the fracas on the field, which, you know, I, I think I recall seeing a, a, a spit. I don't know. that It's hard to say whether, I mean, watching a lot of baseball this season has showed me just how involuntary spitting is for so many of these guys. It's just like I couldn't even say, I couldn't even tell you for sure that Kelly was throwing at the Astros on purpose. I'm not sure that Carlos Curry was spitting at the Dodgers on purpose. It just seemed like a, I mean, these guys are spitting constantly. Yeah, I mean, you're Go for a run. You spit a lot. You say that, but I, I, I don't, Andy. You told me this in a text message, and I, I'm, I'm worried about you, man. Don't spit in runs. Don't do that. That's not a good thing. I figured it out, man. I figured out the cure to that. I, I, I stopped running, brother. You said that in, like, April, and I was just like, what are you doing? No, 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 no. <laughs> Thanks, man. No. Uh, okay. So, all right. Spitting's happening a lot, and Carlos Correa may or may not have spat in the general direction of the Dodgers. Yeah, he did, but the intent is, is hard to parse, just as it is with Kelly. So he, and I think his overall argument, as basically everyone that I saw responding to this that is not an Astros fan, the original suspension, it, it's it's outsized, right? It does not make sense. There's no justification for suspending someone 22, the equivalent of 22 games and for a pitch that did not actually injure any Astros or even hit them. And I think he pointed out repeatedly that um, while accusing Dusty Baker of body shaming him and saying that he was his feelings were hurt because <laughs> Dusty called him little <laughs> he repeatedly said that he thought the Astros inflamed what became of the uh, confrontation that that evening and that he walked to the Dodger side which is true and that the Astros came over to their side and so he thinks that Major League Baseball has now told him twice for his role in two confrontations that he is his words are the have been the inflammatory starts to these and he, he disagrees vehemently that uh, by saying to Tyler Austin in his 2018 Yankees brawl he, he essentially told him to come hither and Austin followed and uh, you know in a fight began but Kelly feels like the actual instigator was Austin and in this case he thinks the actual instigator was Baker and the uh, and the Astros I think most reasonable parties would agree that Kelly played a role in the confrontation and I don't necessarily have a problem with a, um, a small suspension I still think five is probably not where I would go in in terms of trying to come up with a, a reasonable amount uh, in this season. You know, I think the equivalent of five or six games in a normal season would probably be what I would think is fair because he did play a, a role in the instigator thing. But I think to suspend him and not suspend any Astros or their manager, I think it's just, you know, another instance of not really seeing the whole picture. There is, without multiple Astros, I think, instigating that, nothing becomes of that confrontation. Without Dusty calling Joe Kelly skinny. Little. Little, a, yeah. Little, a little. No, he called him. He called him skinny, didn't he? I think there seems I, to be some dispute over this. Little. But what I recall him saying was, "Get on the mound, little fucker." Yeah, that was strong. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue that if Dave Roberts is going to get a game, Dusty should probably get a game. Yes, I think that seems reasonable. We'll get back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors, fellas. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. 
Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof, a cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC for a limited time. And let me tell you something, if you liked being a member of The Athletic for the content that we provide, buddy, do I have a deal for you. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value. And the patented, high-performance, anti-chafing, manscaped boxer briefs. They're boxers that work for you. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Now a quick word from Indochino. So Kelly talked about, there's a few very interesting things. One was his, he was pretty like admin in his defense of Alex Cora, I think, and felt like, I think, you know, as, as we've seen from some other people say that Cora, you know, essentially was uh, getting railroaded, I think, for his involvement in this. Like he kind of was defending AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau, which wasn't a, a tack that I expected Joe Kelly to take. He referenced the players as being like snitches or rats or whatever. And I guess what I'm wondering is like, in a bigger picture sense, do you think Major League Baseball should have not offered immunity? Uh, yes. Right? Okay. I don't know. My thought is if they don't offer immunity and they try and punish players through this, like they're still investigating it like a year and a half later. Do I understand why they offered immunity? Absolutely. As do I. That's what that's what I'm asking though, is do you think that trade-off was worth it to get as much to the bottom of this as they got to? Which, by the way probably wasn't the bottom of it. I would say it seems it seems like half uncovered at, at most in terms of the specifics of when this stopped, who was actually leading it, because there's a, a lot of indications that it was player-fronted. In order for me to say that it was absolutely the right decision to offer immunity, I would have to believe that there was no chance that they could have acquired answers resembling these without offering immunity. And I, I don't know. I mean, if you pull apply pressure, if the, if the public continue, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. I'm not in that role. But it, you think every player would essentially would have just declined to talk? I don't know that. I, I, I do know that uh, you and I have talked to ball players before. And, uh, you know, it's difficult to get them to talk about, like, pitch selection. So I think if you're, there's no sort of pressure being put upon them or freedom to speak, you know, without essential consequence, knowing that you're not going to get punishment. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like what Major League Baseball wanted to do was, like, get to the bottom of this, per se, wrap it up, make it tidy, and make it go away. And part of the problem was that they couldn't make it tidy because it was too sprawling. It had happened for too long. There were too many loose ends and there was no way to, to drum up to like put together a, a pretty like convenient narrative because so many people who had been involved in 17 and spread out elsewhere, but also that by not punishing the players, they upset their workforce to such a degree that they're going to be dealing with the consequences of that for years beyond. And so I think the idea was to 
get to the bottom of it and move on. It was a half measure and that they figured out some things that were going on. And at the same time that there's no way the sport's moving on from this. This will be going on next year for sure. The coronavirus in that way delayed this and people thought for a second that the Astros might escape the worst of this, but I don't think so at all. I think you're totally right that it's just going to delay it to 2021 and beyond that teams are going to wait until they have a chance to, to see these guys in the flesh. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. It's hard for me to see actually that they could have gotten obtained any answers without yeah offering something in return. Kelly and Cora thing, you're right that it was compelling, but I wonder how much of that is just a player defending someone he enjoyed and whether he actually understands, you know, he said it, he, at one point he said in the podcast with Stripling, Kelly said, I hope that Bregman and Altuve have apologized to Cora. And then he said, well, actually maybe they have, you know? And so he, it sounds like he hasn't talked to Cora for some time. We can't presume that there has not been, there have not been apologies made. Obviously a lot of the Astros actions indicate that they don't feel remorse for their actions, but I can't, assume that. It does seem as though Beltran, Cora were, were hung out to dry. Lunau, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. I didn't think anyone in the game was ever going to defend him again. <laughs> anyone who didn't work for him directly, maybe. He has more plausible deniability than other people. Like, <sighs> you know, he's in charge of the operation, so punishment seems fitting, and it's the same way with AJ Hinch, who even to a more extent, you know, was, you know, aware of what was going on. But, like, Lunau at least has some plausible deniability in that he can just say, like, I was never there. I didn't listen to that podcast thinking, I bet you Joe Kelly's going to defend Jeff Lunau. It was, it was just an interesting uh, take. The podcast definitely captured Kelly's energy, which is, like, it can be this, <laughs> this like, this train that you cannot get off, and you're a little worried about where it's going at all times. Um, but you, you can't stop it. You can't slow it. And you just, you don't know what he's going to say 15 words from now at any point. It's a fun time. He's a unique one. Yeah, he's very well liked by his teammates. People love him, man. I mean, because he's always going to back them up. I think we'll never know whether he did this on purpose, but I think it's clear that his teammates appreciated how he responded in the, in the faces. And I, I think it would be quite funny, you know, if, if he did not do this on purpose and he just reacted to this <laughs> and this became like the reason he's beloved in Los Angeles forever. And it, it really just it came out of his lack of command. Right. <laughs> Bless it. All right. So we got uh, the Dodgers are playing the Angels this weekend. Anything that you're excited about with that matchup besides, you know, just getting to see the Angels, which is always a blast? Yeah. Who are they going to pitch in that series? They got any pitchers this year? The Angels? I think Dylan Bundy's pitching well. Oh, yeah. Huh. I'd like to see Shohei Otani hit. Mike Trout is pretty good. Good player. Want to watch him. This is the last series they play against a good team in San Diego for a little while. So they have some room to jump ahead. They got three with the Angels, and then they got a home-and-home home, four games with Seattle. And then the kings of the division come to town, the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> yeah, we haven't, addressed, we haven't addressed what's going on oh, over man. there. Yeah, the boulder in the room. Okay, here's a question. Will the Rockies still be, not in first place, but in it in general on August 21st? Yeah, I mean, it's, that'd be hard not to. <laughs> I know. I got uh, I got a question for you. Rockies over under 500 this season. Oh, man. I mean, well, okay, what's their record now? 12 and 6. Oof. Okay, so they got to play 7 under in how many games is that? 32 games? 6 under. We're going 500 is a split. Over or under? I'll take the under. You want the over? I think I'm going to take the over. That's a lot of losses in a small sample. It's a lot of losses. Their lineup is, is better than I gave it credit for. Yeah. Marquez can pitch. You know, Freeland 
was very good two years ago. He was obviously terrible last year, but he was very good two years ago, and he's been good so far. Uh, you know, Senzatella has a live arm. I mean, you know, like their thing is always going to be in a 162-game season that their pitching is going to fall apart. I just don't think it's possible for a pitching staff to stay afloat in that environment, and they also don't always give themselves the best chance to do it with the pitchers they choose. But I, I just think that, like, in 162, they're always going to... The pitching's just never going to be there full-time. But they have two pretty good guys at the top of the rotation. You know, Charlie Blackman is on another level and he's in Charlie Blackman zone where like everything he hits is hard and a line drive. They'll be over 500, I think. Okay. That's fair. Imagine how good that lineup would look with DJ LeMahieu, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How good would the Dodgers look with DJ LeMahieu? Pretty good, weren't they? Yeah, they were interested. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit more yeah. relevant because LeMahieu was a Rocky. No, I know. I'm just perfectly yeah. okay to stay the, there. The Dodgers were attached to him though. It they, makes they sense. He's a, uh, he's a he's a he's yeah. a Dodgers player. Versatile yeah. type guy. He's yeah. been playing a bunch good, of positions good. with with the Yanks, right? Correct. Yeah, that was a, that was a tremendous acquisition by the New York Yankees. He's going to make quite a bit. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on Monday to recap the series with the Angels. Everyone, have a nice weekend.